Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com. We're glad that you all can be with us. Also, it's tuning in to our online affiliates around the world. We're glad you all could join us as well. Well, as we're beginning a new year, a lot of times we're doing not only self-reflection, but also thinking about ourselves, the relationships that we have, and also those that we want. For that, our next guest is a perfect fit for this segment. We're excited to welcome Welcome back, Dr. Velma Bagby, to our broadcast. She's a best-selling author of several books, but the books that have been getting a lot of attention the past couple of years have been the Catch series. We're going to talk to Dr. Velma not only about the continued success of the series, but also what's been like for her to have some pretty interesting conversations when it comes to dating, marriage, and people of faith, and what she hopes the books, even though they are fiction, are able to do for you as you kind of look at your own life. If you all are just now finding out about the Catch series, of course, we'll let you know how to stay connected with Dr. Velma and get the books for yourself. Dr. Velma, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks again for the time. Thanks, Cyrus. It's always a pleasure to join you in these conversations. I know it's going to be exciting. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I hope I do my part in that excitement. <laughs> but, you know, it it is always exciting for me, Dr. Bama, for this reason. It is many times that we have had conversations about the Catch series, there's so much for us to be able to discuss in these books. So I want to begin there. I mean, you've been able to have real conversations with people about these about these characters you've written, about the traits you discuss. What has that been like for you to see how these characters that you created have been able to really touch base with so many readers? Because they can relate to the people, uh, or the characters in the book. They've met characters like this. They've met people who reflect the characteristics of some of the folks or the characters in this book, and that's what's exciting for me. It's rela- it's relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely relatable. And whether we're talking about uh, the Catch No One Wants, Dr. Bama, the book that kind of began this series, or the newest book, uh, The Wrong Catch, She'll Tear Down the House, I think for men and for women, right, this is something that we have to be honest about. And I think that is one of the big keys for me. I was just thinking about it when I was prepping for this segment with you today. A lot of times when we're talking about men or women, we do one or two things. Either we ignore the signs that we see in front of us, and think, oh, you know, I can change that, or maybe that's not what I think it is. Or we don't really take the time to really get to know the person that we say that we want to be with and ultimately marry. What has that been like for you to have those conversations? Because we see it both in the books that deal with the men when it comes to the fish, but also with the book with the women as well. Absolutely, because it's been situations that I've seen before. I've heard many of these stories, very similar to how I read the stories in the book. I've heard those moments that people had when they thought they knew someone and they didn't because they didn't take the time to really examine the person closely. And then those who just fell in love with the idea of meeting someone they thought they wanted to have in their lives without doing their due diligence to really examine the person to see who this person really is. So I've heard those those stories, and people have shared those moments with me in the past, and I just had to figure out a way to weave those kind of examples in the stories, and I think that's why so many people found the stories relatable. 
So take us back. I mentioned to you before we began the segment, Dr. Bama, one of the things I wanted to talk about for those who are just discovering the series is how this all started. And what's so interesting is, for those who don't know, Dr. Bama has not always written fiction. She has written nonfiction. She's written about her own life and marriage as well. So, Dr. Bama, I want to ask you about that because when it comes to the home, that is not always an easy topic for people to talk about, to kind of open up the door and let people into their personal lives. Was that an easy thing for you to do initially? No, it wasn't because I found myself, even as an ordained minister, when I'm counseling and working and having conversations with individuals at the church, I have to be open and honest with them because otherwise they won't open up with you. And so I have to learn to to use my life as an example because people want to know, even with the fact that my husband and I will celebrate 50 years together next month. People are asking us, how, how did you guys do it? What do you do to, to stay in it, you know, in a marriage like that for so long? So all of that prompted these me to write because a lot of what we need to know happens way before you meet that person. And we're just not talking about it or sharing that level of information anymore. And look, Cyrus, Proverbs is full of the, uh, uh, str- the stress. Uh, I should the emphasis on gaining wisdom. You can't gain yeah. wisdom if you don't have your heart to hear what experienced people have to say. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring up Proverbs. So let's talk about Proverbs 31. I mean, a lot of people refer to that when it comes to thinking about um, the virtuous wife, right, or the virtuous woman. I think, though, that it, it – it, I. I think about it in relation to your series of them in two ways. Men should read that and think about the kind of wife that they want, right, and how she should be treated. But also women can read that and, and see how they can aspire to be that person and work toward being that person. So let's talk about that because you have not been afraid to give us flawed characters. And we see it from the very beginning in the first book, The Catch No One Wants, with Veronica, who is definitely flawed in her thinking and her actions. Um, and then, of course, we see it in some of the examples of women and men in the other books. What was that like for you to show not only, of course, how men and women can be when it comes to dating and contemplating marriage, but also the, the look they have to take at themselves? Self-examination is so important. We've had conversations about this uh, before, Cyrus, when we look at why people blame the other person. The women blame the men, men blame the women. And self-examination would help you to stop blaming the other person and really look deeply at yourself and what it is that you're doing to attract the problems that you seem to attract on a regular basis. So, again, going back to that wisdom, learning from what you have discovered. You mentioned Proverbs 31. That That's only just the tip of the iceberg concerning some of the value you want to see in the woman that you want to spend your life with. And like you said, it, it applies to men as well. But there's so many others. There's the warnings too, the things yeah. and the, the, the characteristics you want to avoid. So it's important for us to collect all of that and use it to our advantage. Such a great point, and it's a great reminder as well. The newest book, uh, that is your third bestseller on the series, Dr. Velma, is The Catch. Uh, I'm sorry, The Wrong Catch, the She'll Tear Down the House. And in that book, you do allow Grayson, who is the father we've gotten to meet now, and this is the third book, you know, kind of talking to the guys. And I, I love the way you wrote this book, and there's so much I could say about it. Even outside of the relationship aspect of it, Dr. Velma, I think there there can be workshops taught on just the way that, that, for one thing, 
Grayson made the men feel seen and understood. Mm-hmm. But I thought about, too, uh, when I was you know, kind of thinking about her upcoming show that we have uh, for another platform, that he did the same thing with his, with his daughter, Veronica. So I want to talk about that empathy, because that's really what Grayson shows so well. What has that been like for you to see how people are really responding to him, not being a know-it-all, because he's not that, but someone who really tries to reach the person he's talking to where they are, whether we're talking about his daughter, Veronica, and the catch no one wants, whether we're talking about the women that he has at the conference and the wrong catch, or even the men now and the wrong, the wrong catch he'll tear down the house. What was that like for you to kind of show the quality of understanding and empathy that Grayson does? I think it was important because it's not only in relationship to Grayson and his daughter, but it applies to Grayson and his wife. It applies to the men who's looking for a wife. It's something that we have to apply all the time, and I refer to it as showing grace. We have to learn to show grace in our in our marriage. We have to learn to show grace in our relationships and not be so quick to 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 react to things that we're confronted with. And so I think that was what was important for Grayson to show that side. And so many have commented about the fact that they love that part about Grayson and how he treated his daughter. Yeah, such a great thing. And I think it's a great reminder for all of us, especially those who want to be that listening ear for others as well. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, he's on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome back award-winning author Dr. Velma Bagby to our broadcast today. We're talking with her about the Catch series, what it's been like for her to see the way the readers are responding to it. So again, Dr. Velma, I'm going to talk to you as if people are just discovering you, because that is the great thing, right, that we both know that people are always rediscovering who we are. Even though we've been out yes. here talking about things, there are always going to be new people say, hey, what are you guys talking about? Where does this come from? So for those who don't know, let's rewind back then, Dr. Bell. As I mentioned, you had written nonfiction before. What led you to write the first book, The Catch No One Wants? The very first book was a, a result of my trying to figure out another way, a different approach to ensure that whatever I had to offer in these stories would be accessible or would draw people in who were not as familiar with Scripture as most believers are. And so I didn't want to take their approach of nonfiction for that reason. I wanted it to be able to uh, touch those who were not that that um, advanced in their scripture knowledge. And so that was why I took the chance of uh, writing this particular fiction in Christian contemporary uh, fiction. And uh, I loved it. I, once I began after this first book, I realized this is exactly where I needed to be because nonfiction immediately would have eliminated the people who didn't feel like they knew enough about the Bible, for instance. And so by going to Christian uh, contemporary fiction, it opened the doors to uh, me reaching those who may not have been normally reached using a nonfiction book. And we've talked about before, again, for those who have not heard our previous conversation with Dr. Vama about the example of Jesus and parables. Talk to us about how you kind of looked at that as a model as you were crafting these stories. I can say that once I read and was reminded of the over um, 50 parables Jesus wrote and saw 
a blog one day. Uh, somebody was writing about it because, again, they were addressing the problems with the Christian community. Many of them will not read fictional books. And she was addressing that and, and, and referenced the parables that Jesus wrote. Those were fictional stories, or allegory is what they would call them today. But they were fictional stories. And so to say that, to turn your back on fiction just because it's not uh, nonfiction was, would not be correct because Jesus used them all the time. When I read that, that just, people re- make the reference that set me free. Well, that set me free. I knew <laughs> this is what I needed to do. Once I read that and was given that assurance, I said, this is exactly what I need to do, is to weave these stories like Jesus weaved the parables, where they were non-threatening, threatening, they were not preachy, but built around a biblical principle and yet give them enough information that will help them if they see themselves in that story, which is the hope. They'll see themselves and then know what to do in order to change what needs to be changed. Love that. And as I mentioned, with the newest book, you turn the attention to the men being being educated really about the women. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, as we kind of talk broadly about this series, Dr. Vama, the other big thing is how it really does, in my mind as a reader, really shows the hypocrisy um, of all of us in some way, right? Because we we see it in the wrong catch. We see it in the wrong catch of Teddy in the house where the women will be very quick, you know, to wave their fingers at other women who fall into certain traps or to talk about certain men uh, and yet, you know, forget, okay, that you have been in this exact same situation <laughs> or still maybe. Uh, and the same with the, the men and she'll tear down the house, you know, the men who, yeah. you know, are being schooled on these on these women. And, of course, arrogance being a part of that as well, I think, for us as men sometimes, um, you know, thinking that we can handle these situations. How how much did that figure in when you were writing it, Dr. Vama, or was it just something that just came up that part of the reason why we as men and women get into these situations is because we do lead less with God and more with ourselves? Well, that's part of your nature. You're wired to be fixers. That's who you are. And so it's kind of like the nurturer and the woman. You can't be the nurturer all the time every day, <laughs> and you can't yeah. nurture someone you just met. And it's the same with the fixer. The fixer can't start fixing things, and they don't know who this person is yet, you know, because to be a fixer is someone who wants to correct something, to help you, to change something around. But you have to reserve that for someone that you really care about. And so I, you know, each time we talk about this, I'm always reminded of my research that I did regarding the syndrome that they have pinned towards professional women. And I used to hear this all the time. Women who are professional and very successful will say that men are intimidated by their success. And I was thinking, well, why would they be? And it it has nothing to do with their success. Sometimes it has to do with the fact that you have to go into the boardroom or in a meeting using your testosterone, and when you're on a date, you can't bring that with you. Sometimes it's because they don't know how to turn it off. And the other thing I found that some of them have this kind of syndrome that they feel that as long as I work hard and put in the effort, I can turn this around. But that doesn't – it works well in business, but it doesn't work in a relationship. So all of those things come into play when we, we, we just rely on that untruth. 
that untruth that they're jealous of me or intimidated by me. And going back to what we're saying, blaming the other person when it really is you that you need to look at. Yeah. And sometimes that can be the most difficult. Now, I should say, you've been able to have these conversations not just on the airways, not just, of course, on social media, but in person as well. So I want to talk about what that's been like for you, Dr. Bellman. Now, I know you have another great project. You're working on a podcast where you'll be able to explore these these conversations as well. But what has it been like for you to have real conversations with people in person, as Grace and Veronica did, about these topics and be able to help women offline as well? Well, what's interesting, Cyrus, is you and I have conversations around this topic all the time, but I've had a couple of interviews where I think the interviewer was thrown off base a little bit because they didn't know the the extent of what these books they're talking about. You have done that research yet. And so one of the things that the interviewer asked me recently was, um, well, I'm not sure about that. I'm going to have to pray about it before I read these books of, to see if God really wants my life to change because I'm really stubborn. And afterwards, I sent her a message and I said, do you realize that you you shared a red flag with me during that interview? The fact that you admitted to being stubborn is a red flag and something you're really going to have to look at and examine on your own. So you can see how sometimes it's it's easy to blame everybody else and blame the yeah. man, but it's, it's but unless you spend some time examining yourself, you won't get to the truth and get to the truth of the matter. And you'd be surprised what you'll find if you just examine your own self. Yeah. So let's talk about this, Dr. Mamak. You know, you've been able to have success with this. As I mentioned, all three books have been bestsellers. Is this what you imagined would happen with this series? No, not at all, Cyrus. I had no idea. First of all, I didn't know I would have a series. And I remember it was proposed to me in the very beginning of my writing. And I thought, who has time for all of that? I'm just trying to write this one book and really get it out. <laughs> and that's what I had to do. And so once I did that, I <laughs> and realized that it resonated with so many readers that they encouraged me to you know, continue writing. And so now here here we are with the series and a workbook that's coming out soon. And so I had no idea this was coming at all. And, uh, you know, you mentioned this would make a great workshop. I've been working on that as well, as well as my own podcast. Yeah, yeah. As if you don't have enough to do, Dr. <laughs> right. Trying to figure it all out. <laughs> Look, I, I think that is the world that we live in today. I think we all are trying to figure things out, as have the characters in your book. I want to talk about a more lighthearted thing that you've been able to do, Dr. Bam. I, I, you know, I'm told I keep these conversations kind of heavy sometimes, so I want to lighten it up a little bit. You've been able to pay homage to some of your, your supporters along the way, inserting their names in the book. What has that been like for you to see their enjoyment about seeing themselves being a part of this journey with you? It's been fun. I love the fact that they've been excited about. It. I had family members, friends who called, put my name in there, put my the first the first book, the black book, the Catch No One Wants, has over twenty one uh, family members' names in it, and so um, it's been exciting. And in also included was my mother, who's now with the Lord, my stepmom, who's now with the Lord and my grandmother, who's now with the Lord. And so to be able to give that kind of honor to them, because they're characters in the very first book, to me that added a special um, 
a, something special about each book. Yeah. So 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 great. Well, uh, for those who have been reading from book to book to book, Dr. Rama, we do know that the story does continue. So I am curious for yourself, as as you just admitted, this is not something you planned on doing in writing this series, but now here you are already, of course, teasing us with book number four. Um, how excited are you about that, being able to continue these lessons and these stories and building on these characters? I'm very excited about it because some of the readers have expressed how they're using these books to help teach other people, to help educate other people, especially some of the younger generation coming up. And so to hear that, it really blessed me. But I also know that with the workbook coming out, I can go into more detail regarding some of the things that we address in each of the books. So all of that, when you see in the book there was a handout or there was something they gave the folks at the conferences, you'll see those handouts in the workbook. So, Dr. Bam, I want to, as we wrap up here, talk about the bigger picture, and that is you as an author. As I mentioned, you've written other books before now. You've been a part of anthologies. So you, writing is not something new to you. But what is so great about you is that you have been able to find your voice. You've even written about that in one of the anthologies. I know outside of having readers, you also have supporters that are fellow authors um, that have been following your journey. What has it been like for you to be an example to them, Dr. Bama, as to what they can do in their own writing? career? Well, I think I'm hoping that I'm able to share some techniques, share my journey in a way that will help another author because I remember in the beginning it was very difficult for me to get help, to get support, to get a question answered without going onto a website and signing up and registering for a spot to just to talk to you and pay $60 just to ask a question. I said I never wanted to be that kind of person. And if I could help and provide some information that I've learned to another person, then that's exactly what I want to do. So for me, it is me going, giving back to those that I know uh, are on a journey and have questions, and I don't want them to be in the position I found myself in in the very beginning. Yeah. So I want to ask you this question. I haven't asked you this before. As we look at the three books that are out now, and again, all three are available on Amazon for those joining us via the podcast. The link to Amazon is already with the notes for this segment. For those joining us on the radio side here in Mississippi on WYAD, we'll make sure that we post it on the Facebook page for you guys. I'm curious for you. Who has surprised you the most in the way people view them, Dr. Velma? Is it Grayson or Veronica? I think it has been Grayson's wife. A lot of people Ah. were shocked to discover her. I mean, she's mentioned in book one. She's been supportive to her husband, and she's mentioned uh, at the beginning of this particular book. Um, He tells his story to his daughter in book one and how there was difficulties between them getting together and he showed what he was sharing with his daughter, how difficult it is sometimes to really recognize the one that God has for you. And so for her to come back in this book and to present herself and for her husband, Grayson, to present her at this men's conference, it was a confirmation to them about the type of mates they should be pursuing. And so I just thought it was a wonderful tribute to her because she's been kind of silent throughout the three books, but this is the first time you get to hear from her. Yeah. 
what a great thing. And it's so so exciting to see from book to book how we're able to see the characters grow, how they're evolving, uh, and their lives yeah. are changing too, the main characters as well. I won't get into that because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read the books yet, but we're able to see the evolution in Veronica in book one. We're able to see that yeah. continue in book two, but also them pouring into others. Um, is that also part of what you see as your mission, Dr. Bama, to be able to do like Grayson and Veronica, to pour into others and to give them what they need to be able to, to move forward in their lives? Exactly, because isn't that the process for all of us? We receive what we can. The wisdom, we talked about wisdom earlier. We get the wisdom as well from either through reading the word or through others who encourages us and inspires us, who walk with us on our journey. Um, we get all of that as well. So it's important for us to demonstrate all of us have room to grow. I'm growing <laughs> as well. Well, I know I am too, and I think that is the great thing about life, that we continue to learn and grow and be better and also help others, as you mentioned, help others along the yes. way. We see your characters do that, and that's something all of us can do as well. Again, everyone, Dr. Velma Bagby has been our guest. Always a great conversation with you, Dr. Velma. Again, she's the author of the best-selling Catch series that's available now on Amazon. Dr. Velma, how can our audience stay connected with you? I'm on all social media platforms. Just look for Dr. Velma Bagby. All right. So make sure you guys are staying connected. And Dr. Vamma, we'll, we'll be talking again real soon. Thank you, Cyrus. I appreciate your time. Uh, always a pleasure. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.